You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. And like we do every week, we're covering a hot topic. You see, there's this thing called the 2016 presidential election coming up. Um, I'm not sure if it's on your radar yet, but if it isn't, um, it sure as hell should be. And I'm here to be your Megyn Kelly and cover it for you all month long because this will be the first official election that I am participating in. I um I chose I, I skipped out on the last one, excusing it with not knowing enough information and not being able to to make an educated decision. And I've decided that's no excuse. And so now I'm on a mission to learn as much as I can about the election and about this year's candidates to to make the best decision possible. Um, and now now you have no excuse either. We are going to be covering it all month long. Um, we're going to hear about Trump. We're going to hear about Hillary. We're going to talk to um, some people from Rock the Vote later this month. And we are going to answer all of your questions um, and here to help me kick off week one, I have a young millennial here who's going to be talking to me about why this election, uh, Donald Trump has his vote. Please welcome Field Director at Turning Point USA, Hypeline News Reporter, Gunnar Thorderson. Hey, how's it going, Zach? I'm uh, really happy to be on your show. How are you, Gunnar? I am so good, actually. I just got done moving into my new place, and so my wife and I are just enjoying our new area, our new location, and we're about to start our new lives here. That's awesome. Lots of new beginnings, new house, new newly married, new baby. Yes. So uh, it's, you know, life's picking up for sure, but uh, I'm loving every second of it. That's awesome. And this week's drink of the week is called the Towering Inferno, and it's made with homemade spicy cinnamon whiskey, organic orange bitters, and just a splash of almond milk. Um, and you can garnish that with, with an orange wedge or an orange wheel. Um, and it's pretty much everything you'd expect from Donald Trump. It's fiery, it's orange, it's a little nutty, a little bitter with just the right amount of zing. Oh, wow. That sounds incredible. <laughs> it's nice and was... warm, and it's perfect for cooler weather. I know it's summer, but... Right. Well, you know, it is It is about to uh, turn fall here. And, you know, Utah has the most unpredictable weather. So, you know, some days it's totally freezing. Some days it's warm. So you need to have those different drink options readily available for those yes. crazy days, you know? <laughs> So, Gunnar, you were—you uh, just spent some time at the DNC and at the RNC. Um, can you share a bit about what you were doing out there? Yeah, so um, I actually work for a 501c3 nonprofit organization called Turning Point USA. You mentioned mm-hmm. in my bio. Right. And uh, what we do um, is we were established on over a 1,000 college campuses. Okay. And our goal is to bring free market ideas— um, to, you know, every college campus and to just individuals all over. And so by going to the DNC and RNC, we wanted to, you know, rally or protest um, our message, which basically is that um, with a freer market and with freer people, more people are better off. And there's evidence of this all over and throughout history. Um, and so we're, we try to share those ideas, get students excited about them, you know, have them getting clubs, at chapters at these different schools, 
and just have a good good time meeting other people who share these ideas. That's awesome. And so were you so was your purpose at each of the the conventions to to rally in new support? Yeah, exactly. Just, you know, these these are huge, you know, events um that that were happening this year and so we wanted to be there and just basically get, you know, all sorts of people that are both our age as well as the older generation to um just know who we are and that, you know, that we're out there fighting for these ideas and that um you know, we could use their support of, you know, all sorts of ages. And we've just actually entered into the high school realm as well. Um, we just, um, this week, uh, we're having our high school conference in Washington, D.C. We invited over 300 of the top high school activists who are doing stuff on their campus um, to fight for, you know, free market principles and teach and educate students about these ideas. And so we flew them out to D.C. and we're you know, we're training them and letting them hear speakers and just have a good time. And so a, a big part of your position is about free markets and it's anti-socialism. So can you just explain a little bit about what your position is and how or why you feel that that would best benefit our country? Okay, yeah. So I'm actually known on Twitter as the Socialism sucks sign guy. Um, if any of you were watching MSNBC during the RNC, um, or even a little of Fox News, I was trolling there. <laughs> whoever was on, on camera um, uh-huh. at the RNC, I was behind them with a big sign that said, Socialism sucks. Yes, you and were. I would just get, yeah, I would just get this sign on camera as much as I could. And, um, you know, it really did actually get us a lot of, like, ad- free advertising, and, and people checked out our website. They they found me on Twitter, and it's actually really been, um, you know, huge for our organization just getting that type of exposure where people started asking questions. So, and, uh, well, yeah, oh, did, sorry, because I didn't ask, no, answer ahead. your question. Yeah, yeah really. go ahead. Um, really, though, like, the reason why I have my position, so I'm a political science um and economics double major at the University of Utah. Okay. And I'll tell you, I've kind of gone through tons of different, like, political ideologies. You know, when I grew up, I, okay. I was really, like, hardliner Republican. And then, you know, I saw this, like, social injustice around me, and the Republicans were not talking about it at all. So that really, you know, got me angry. And so I went really libertarian because, you know, I, I wanted to be socially liberal. And, um, but I still like believed in the free market. So, so I went really libertarian and I've sort of like come back a little bit to the Republican party just because I saw, you know, with the libertarian movement, just like the most unorganized, um, like lack of organization, um, in, in this group of, of people. And I didn't see a chance at them gaining, you know, any chance of, you know, winning, uh, power on the local level or state level or even the national level. And so I, I'm, I'm really, my goal right now is to reform the Republican Party so that we can stick with our limited government free market ideas, but then also, you know, invite into our platform LGBT-friendly agenda, um, as well as, you know, Black Lives Matter, um, you know, just issues like that that really resonate with millennials. Um, and then I think, right. you know, I can sit at the table with Democrats and with liberals and say, you know, I agree with you. 
These right. are definitely problems that we need to fix, but we need to be careful about how we try to solve them. Because okay. a lot of people like to say, well, the solution's more government. We just need more government, and that's the answer. And what we've seen time and time again is that when, the, when you give the government more power over your lives, they tend to use it in a corrupted way and in an inefficient way that causes a lot of damage and unintended consequences in the, in, you know, in the long run. So, you know, I just, I just like to say, you know, let's focus on the problem, let's find a solution, but let's be wary of government in the process. Okay, so is your position to take less power away from government and to give it more into, like, the hands of the American people? Yeah, to take to take the power and not necessarily vanquish it. So okay. I don't mean to say, like, get rid of all law. Okay. What I mean is to change the law, and um, w- w- what you want to do with it is federalize it. it you want to take the power away from the centralized power, and then you want to kind of just send it downward. You want to send it to the local level. Um, now, there's issues with that, and people, you know, people have brought and rise to those issues, and those issues tend to be, well, in some areas, there's a majority of people who don't respect, you know, civil rights, or they don't respect right. things that everybody should be afforded. And so that's where we make a distinction between what should be federal law and then what should be just state or local level, state or local, um, like, power, um, okay. as in what the government is allowed to do, um, what they're allowed to, um, you know, come into your lives and, and legislate, where the legislature comes in and says, we're going to be involved in this and we're not going to just leave it up to the people. Okay, and so is that process done through through voting? Like, is that how we would then make those decisions going forward? Um, yes and no. Okay. okay, so let me let me give you an example. Okay. Um, you, you, you take you take what Bernie Sanders did. Okay, he fundamentally changed the Democratic Party because he brought to the voters ideas that resonated with them, and that activated them. It brought them into, you know, I want to be involved. I'm going to be active on social media. I'm going to be active by going out and voting. I'm going to be active by going to a town hall meeting or, or, or marching or protesting. He activated voters through his ideas. And those ideas were progressive. And the Democratic Party wasn't progressive in that way. And so what happened was, is the Democratic Party then, when, um, you know, when it really pushed came to shove, they said, okay, Bernie, we're going to incorporate your ideas into our party so that, you know, we can kind of move forward together rather than just you splintering off and uh, trying to fight us on this, if that makes sense. So, it, yeah, it is about the voters. It is about voting. Um, but more than that, it's about people being involved in many other areas than just, you know, once a year or once every four years, you know, just voting for some random person you know, that they think more closely aligns with them. It's it's finding those people and demanding that they change their positions because the majority of people disagree with them or because you have researched the issue and you know better than, you know, they do or better than their opponent, and you're going to try and change. It's We call it push the needle um, mm. your way, right? Okay. So now, now talk to me a little bit about... Donald Trump and why you're deciding to go Republican 
uh, this election and how that relates to kind of your uh, anti-socialism position. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I'll try and tie it all in. So I, I'll definitely say I was on the fence with a lot of other people, especially this entire election season. Okay. With and and I have not been a Trump supporter this entire time. Don't you know? Don't don't think I'm one of those people that just from the start was like I like this guy and I want you know vote, to vote for him. Right. Um, so it's it's really been a more recent you know thing, and it has to do with and those Bernie Sanders supporters who are out there and they've just jumped on board with Hillary Clinton. They know exactly how I feel on this situation when we start to talk about the pragmatic way that we move our country forward. And that involves who has a shot at winning the presidency, right? Mm-hmm. You look at someone like Gary Johnson, he might win one state, maybe two, but okay. he has no way of winning the Electoral College, right? Mm-hmm. So he's kind of out, but you can support him just to say, like, I want, you know, we may lose this ex- this election season, but I want to, you know, make the Green Party with Jill Stein or the Libertarian Party with Gary Johnson. I want to make that more of a force in the future. So I'm going to put my vote there and know that Hillary or Donald will most likely win. But, you know, if they poll at above 15 percent, they get on the debate stage. That's a huge deal. And so I applaud those efforts. If you want to support Gary Johnson or Jill Stein, go ahead. But for me, I'm looking at more of, you know, putting my support behind someone who can actually win. Um, okay. And that, in my opinion, comes down to Hillary or Trump. And so then I'm deciding, okay, do I want Hillary for her more socially liberal ideas, you know, and protecting the rights that have been afforded to, you know, equal marriage, um, you know, or her, you know, pushing for um, women's rights, those, those sort of areas? Or do I want to look at who's going to meddle less in the economy or who's who's going to give us a better trade deal? And then the big hitter, uh, immigration and what we're going to do about terrorism here in the future. And so it's it's really those key areas where it came down for me and I decided, you know, I want to throw my support behind Trump because Trump can do nothing about the federal ruling on equal marriage. That's the Supreme... It's like Roe v. Wade. You really can't touch that. Mm-hmm. It's the Supreme Court did that. The, the only way you would affect that is if, you know, through the Supreme Court appointments. And uh, that is a huge deal, and it's a, it's a voting issue for many people because um, Scalia just died, and, it, you know, a lot of them are, you know, it's like four, maybe three, or really old, and they'll probably die in the next four or eight years. Um, and so we have maybe like three appointments that um, could be very liberal, progressive appointments or could be very conservative appointments. Um, and that, more than anything, is, is what people are voting on, in my opinion, is the, is the Supreme Court. So, I mean, there's just so much to talk so about. Um, is your what, reason, what do you, you want? So is your reason choosing Donald over Hillary more of like picking what you believe to be the lesser of the two evils, or is it really because you think Donald can can run the country better than Hillary can? Uh, good question. I, I definitely view it as the lesser of two evils. Okay. I don't think that Donald could run the country necessarily better than Hillary. Okay. Um, and that just comes down to experience. Hillary has much more experience running government than, than Donald does. Uh, she's been doing this her whole life. Um, and that's that's an that's a voting issue for any establishment candidate is that they do have experience running government and they usually you know know how to get votes so you know they would be able to say well 
we have this many votes in the House, this many votes in the Senate. We, you know, she's been a senator. So she knows kind of what she would need to do to push voting um, and legislation passed. But then more than that, you know, executive executive rules. She's been a lawyer, so she knows the law and working with, you know, wh- what are we allowed to do within the limits of the law. Um, so I definitely don't think that she would run it better than Donald. But I think what Donald Trump brings to the table are ideas that working with his fellow Republicans and the people that he's recently brought on, he would push an agenda that I agree with more than the agenda that Hillary Clinton wants to move forward in terms of, like, with the economy, right? So my whole thing is I want a government that's involved less in business. I want a government that lowers taxes. I want a government that has less uh, regulation that prevents or causes a barrier to entry to the market that prevents entrepreneurs and prevents small businesses from thriving. You look at what the rising, raising the minimum wage in Seattle has done. It's destroyed small businesses. Um, and so okay. to me, the, the democratic platform in, in economic terms is we don't trust normal Americans, individuals to run their business well so we want to create all of these rules so that we're basically running their business for them. And, okay. You know, I, and I, then we haven't even gotten to immigration. So yeah, I see that. So I want to I want to touch on, and I really just want to hear your position and your argument. And I I mean, there's I want to play a little bit of devil's advocate, and that's only because I really want to explore this side. And next week I want to explore the other side, and I just really want to hear you know, where you're coming from and where, you know, I want to know as a young person, because I feel like, especially when it comes to Donald Trump, I feel like it's a lot more of the older generations that are voting Republican and the older people that are voting for Trump. Um, And and I really just want to understand it. So I want to get into a couple of issues that a lot of um, a lot of Americans seem to have with Trump and why they're more concerned with you know, with electing him. And I'm going to do the same thing next week with Hillary, but I want to focus, you know, on some of the points that people are making with Trump right now. And I think some of the issues, um, like you touched on lightly, are, you know, some people feel that he's really prejudiced prejudice against women. He's prejudiced against minorities. And like you touched on with the LGBT community, there are a lot of people that are worried that, you know, he can make decisions that are going to affect those three communities. You know, people are worried about his position on abortion, you know, on his stance on immigration. He wants to build a wall. And then when it comes down to LGBT, you know, there is the concern that he can appoint new justices who will overturn, you know, that ruling. Okay, so let me try and hit all of them so that, you know, we can kind of get everything out there. Okay. Um, do I think he's prejudiced against minorities? No. Do okay. I think he's prejudiced against immigrants? No. Okay. What Donald Trump saw, right, was an area where there was a huge problem. And it is not a recent problem. This We've been dealing with this problem for the last 50 years, even more. But we've passed some type of reform in the last 50 years. And that's immigration. And we have a huge battle between those who want complete amnesty, right, just a complete forgiving of illegals who come into this country, Mm -hmm. and then the other complete side, which is complete deportation, right? So we've been battling this out in Congress and just on debate stages for for years. And what it really really ties down to is... um, the wall is more more than anything. It's a way to send the message that America is 
we're, 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 a, we're a land and a country of law and order. Okay. And the Democrats, and they've had this stance forever, they want immigrants and they want massive immigration. They want massive amounts of people who are worse off than normal average Americans. And then they want those people on welfare. They want those people, you know, in our entitlement programs and in our system as, you know, hey, these people need the government, and so then they'll vote for more government. And this has been an issue, like I've said, for a while. So what Donald Trump's trying to send the message is it's not that he doesn't want Mexicans in the country. It's not that he doesn't want, you know, like Muslims because they're Muslim. It's he doesn't want illegals coming into the country. And then with the refugee and terrorism issue, look at a country like Germany. Look at a country like Greece, countries that took in massive amounts of refugees, and their civilizations are literally falling apart. I mean, there are just videos by the hundreds on Facebook and online that show just massive riots in the street over people who don't want to assimilate or integrate into the society of whatever country that they're coming to. And America has not taken in this type of immigration. Um, but the Democrats want them to. There's laws in place that prevent this type of immigration from happening. doesn't mean none has happened because states have been taking in refugees and it hasn't been too bad, but they want massive amounts of this immigration. And the FBI came out and said, we have no way of vetting and seeing if these people are going to be a threat to our country, if they're going to bomb, you know, our public squares, or if they're going to, you know, just shoot up, you know, like gay nightclubs. You know, we, we really need to assess the type of people we're bringing in this country so that we don't have a Germany happen or we don't have, you know, these type of issues that Europe is seeing all over the place. Um, and then on the LGBT um, the type of people that uh, Donald Trump put on his Supreme Court shortlist are, are all people that I respect, and they are not people who um, I think would really try to fight to overturn the LGBT ruling. They're states' rights people in that they, you know, they want the states to decide. But I think we've gotten to a point as a country, and I think definitely by the time these new Supreme Court justices are put in place where we're not going to waste our time and effort on this type of agenda. And I think also the main thing that kind of gets me um, where I'm not so worried about Donald Trump is I see these videos online of Donald speaking like 10 years ago, mm-hmm. and he was he used to be very friendly to these, um, these different types of liberal ideas. Okay. And so I, I really think he really just played his cards right through the Republican primary. And he was playing to a segment of America that was a good voting block for the Republican Party. But now, and we're seeing this every day since he's gotten the nomination, he's becoming more moderate, and he's really showing that he's not as crazy as he was during the primary. And you learn about that in political science, that people are much more radical during the primaries. They're, they, they're speaking to the base, and then when it comes to the time for the general election, they hit that middle-of-the-line road, you, you talk. You saw Ivanka's speech. She talked about equal pay for equal work. She talked about raising the minimum wage to ten dollars an hour. I mean, these really like moderate, you know, middle of the road positions that I think liberals would be happy with. They're already incorporating this into their agenda. So I think at the end of the at the end of the day, if Donald wins, 
and I think he has a really good shot at winning, it's not going to be as bad as the media has portrayed it to be. Okay, so do you think people have more of an issue with his approach to each of these, to each of these issues, or, or his actual stance? Uh, I definitely think it's the approach. Okay, and and I think when, you know, when I when I talk when I sit down and talk to people who've like sat down with Paul Ryan and who've sat down with Ryan's previous, um, they've told me that. The Donald Trump that they know, sitting down, meeting, speaking in person, is not the Donald Trump that speaks to the media. Not the Donald Trump who people see, you know, you know that they've seen throughout the Republican primary process. And you even hear this from Donald's business partners who are like, "Oh no, I love Donald. I really respect Donald. I don't know what this Donald is that I see on TV." And so that's where it kind of clicks in my mind. Like, I think Donald's playing a card. And if I was running for president of the United States, and my, you know, my my analysts were telling me, hey, like, you know, this is definitely what you need to do to win this week, and you're losing here and here and here. You know, I'd, I'd kind of see this. I'd see where he's coming from if it was like, okay, I need to do this this week to, to really get the media spinning about me and to get this really going. And so do I think he wants to ban Muslims or ban Mexicans? No, I think he wants to keep illegals out of this country and have an easier path to citizenship. And then I think he just wants to buckle down on the terrorism issue and make sure we're bringing safe people into this country. And when he says, I want to ban all Muslims, I think what he really means is, but, and even people like Rand Paul, like people who have not said a racist thing in their entire life, have agreed with him and said, we need to analyze those countries from which there's a, there's a radicalization threat, and we need to put a red line on those countries and bringing in refugees until we've figured out a way to vet them. And the FBI has even come out and agreed with this as well, and it's something Obama has even, like, cautioned on. So, you know, I think, yes, it's the approach. It's the He says it in the wrong way, but when he sits down with his analysts, when he sits down with the people who are going to help run this country with him, it's going to be a much, you know, more common-sense way of, of doing it and, and implementing his strategies. Okay, and I think one of the other issues that people really have with him is the fact that he really isn't experienced. He's not a politician. You know, he, I, I mean, people don't take him seriously. He's, you know, a, re- a reality TV star, um, and he, right. and they don't see him as somebody that can really be in the White House. Right, and that, I, you know, I touched on that earlier with, with Hillary Clinton right. and all of her experience as a lawyer and as a politician. I'm, I'm going to tell you, though, America's done with that. And I think okay. this year is the year for an anti-establishment candidate. What I mean when I say I think Hillary is more experienced, I mean, that's true. But I don't think that's what America wants or needs right now. I think what America needs is somebody who is not part of that ruling party, that, that sort of like mob, we have, we've, we've been in charge for, you know, this, this long and we, we have our agenda. I, I think someone needs to go, go in there and just shake it all up, just completely like bring the house down, not bring the country to its knees, but really just say, hey, we're going to, we're really going to reassess how we're doing things here because the American people are fed up and they're even fed up with Hillary Clinton, all her lies, all the corruption. Hillary Clinton cannot be trusted. She's not trust. It's like she's in one year she's lost like 33 percent of people on in matters of trust and honesty. And I mean, do we really want someone like that as as a president? You know, I think mm-hmm. at least with Donald, we'll we'll know yeah. exactly what we're getting. Um, and that's not something that we could even count on Obama for because what he ran on, we didn't get. Um, okay. And 
you know, he said he was going to stop the war. He didn't. He didn't stop the war. He said he was going to do a lot of things that he just completely day one just threw away and said, "I'm I'm president now. I want. I told the people what I had to tell them, uh-huh. and now I'm going to do whatever I want." So, you know, I uh- think the American people were fed up. And at least with Donald, and they're ready for something different, and they yeah. think Donald can bring that to the table. Oh, I, I know Donald can bring that. He okay. defeated. It was like eleven or fourteen of the most powerful Republicans in the country. You know, to take down a Jeb Bush, a Marco Rubio, a Ted Cruz, you know, even a Mitt Romney who came out and speak spoke heavily against him. To take down all of these people and still have the American people come up and say, "No, we want you." And and you're our man for this. That is huge. And I don't think people realize that. Like, if someone just came up and said, I don't, you know, I'm running on an anti-establishment ticket, mm-hmm. but didn't have, like, what the American people envy, and that is, you know, he's he's a successful businessman. And let me mention this, because the media never mentions this, and, and I think it'll calm some people's fears about the whole minority thing. One of Donald Trump's purchases, one of his business ventures that he did, he heard about a casino, and this was a while ago, this was a long time ago, he heard about a casino that was not letting in gays or blacks, and they were just very, it was like very high-end, very particular about who they let in um, to some of their events and stuff, and so Donald heard about this, did not like that at all, so he bought out the casino to open it up to all people. Right. I mean, Donald's established in Vegas. I mean, the land of you can come here, whoever you are, whatever you have to bring to the table, and we will accept you. I don't think Donald is as I don't think he's the person that he was trying to win over during the primaries. And that was a racist, white, old age Republican person. I don't think that's who Donald is. I think Donald was just playing to. Playing the part, yeah, to to so get that, that he vote, can win that vote. Okay, I get that. I I, I see that. So, but one thing, and this is more of like a personal issue I have. Yeah. Um, that hair and that tan, I don't think I can get behind <laughs> that. <laughs> I don't think I could get behind that either, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he may need he may need a new do for the White House. But I, I wanna do. I wanna thank you, Gunner, for for coming on and laying out this argument, and I wanna give you a good um, one to two minutes to really close out your argument and, and kind of recap and, and lay in some final statements about why you really think that Donald Trump, Donald Trump would be the best candidate for president. Okay, well, first, I just wanted to say, Zach, I love your show. I listened to two of it for, you know, an hour while I was sitting in the airport. So I'm just so glad you <laughs> let me on your show. Basically, to sum up, what I think it really comes down to is if you want a government, that's less involved in your lives. If you've literally seen case after case of where when government has more power, they corrupt the power, they use the power to take advantage of the people, and that's what I've seen, and, you know, you can have your own opinion about government, but when when we look at the agendas of the Democrats versus the Republicans, yes, they both have their issues and they both need to be reformed, and that's my job is to go out there and change the political process but it requires work. It requires all of us getting involved and saying the things that we want to see done. What I see is an intrusive government that is providing barriers to entry to businesses and small businesses that, you know, mom and pops own and that they, that they run and establish. And I want to be an advocate for free markets and free people. 
And the way we do that is we make sure that our leaders advocate those positions. And I, I believe that Donald Trump, at the end of the day, with all his flaws that he has, is definitely not perfect. I think that he represents free markets and free people more than Hillary Clinton, who's shown she cannot be trusted and has shown that when she's given power, even just a little bit, she uses it in ways that she keeps away from the American people. She's not transparent by any means, and we need to be wary of her. And I think at the end of the day, Donald Trump can be improved, and what we want to see done with the country, we can ask of him to listen to us, he'll be receptive, and he'll get it done. So that's really why I'm, I'm throwing my support for Donald Trump. Thank you so much, Gunnar. I, I hear you, and I appreciate you coming on. Where can people find you on social media, or is there a website that they can go to to learn more? All my handles are at Gunnar, G-U-N-N-A-R underscore Thor, T-H-O-R. They can find me there, um, and Gunner then also Thor. Facebook, Gunnar Thorderson. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and and laying out your side. I I definitely heard you, and I can't wait to hear the other side of the argument next week. Everybody, go follow follow Gunner um, and definitely check out Turning Point USA. Thank you guys Perfect. for listening. Thank you guys for listening to hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. Um, I will be back next week and every other Wednesday after that. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes because that's where you can find us. If you have an Android, you can find us on Stitcher or at thenetworkstudios.com. You can get this week's Drink of the Week recipe and more at justplainzach.com. And don't forget to follow me at justplainzach across all social media platforms. I am here to cover the election for you all month long. Thank you guys for listening. I got to go. Bye. Bye.